We saw a nice word in Parashat Zvurim, a word from Meshach Chochma. Meshach Chochma says in the words of Moshe Rabbeini, Bo'emer aleichem ba'isa hi la'imer, le'ichel avadisa isa eschem. Right? Moshe Rabbeini is saying, Mr. Teklal Yisrael, he's saying how difficult things were. He's saying, Bo'emer aleichem ba'isa hi, it sounds like he's saying that in the past, when things were difficult, I said, I, I can't do this anymore. I can't, I can't, I can't take this Teklal uh, Yisrael, it's just too much already. So the Meshach gives an interesting twist to the words, and he says that uh, Moshe Bani wasn't talking about the past, he was talking about the future. And he gives an example, he says somebody, for example, who has uh, a, lot of, a lot of children, a lot of money, and Kanai Nahari, he's, he's overloaded, overloaded with responsibility, over, overburdened with uh, you know, all kinds of things that he has to do. And it's not easy, it's not easy. You know, he, has all kinds of, he, has, he has maids and, and people, and, and you know, he's very busy. So sometimes when, when people tell him, you know, wow, you're so busy, you know, what's his answer? I hope you'll also be this busy. In other words, this is, this is good busyness. You know, people look at raising children, no, tsar gidl bunim. It's not necessarily tsar gidl bunim, it's gidl bunim. I'm raising children. So you're right that when somebody is uh, single and they don't have a family and they just have their puppy, and then, you know, it's beautiful, they're, they're very uh, peaceful, they're, they're living a happy life, but they're not. So when somebody tells you, I don't know how you do it, right, what's the response? I, 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 I wish you could also be this, this busy. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with it, on the contrary. So Moshevani, so he touched Moshevani, saying, It's not only now. There's also Ba'isa He that you will always the the future Manhiga Yisrael should also um, feel like this. It's good. This is good Tircha. A Tircha of leading Kali Yisrael. A Tircha of so many responsibilities. Uh, so much burden. Wow. This is this is the way things should be. And it just brings to mind the the idea of what we call Gazinta Dagis. Gazinta Dagis. The people that get stressed out and people. Everyone. We all get stressed out from running homes and running families and having issues coming up all the time. And it's so important to remember that that's life. That, that's what life is about. Right? When life doesn't have these issues and life is predictable and following a track, that's not life. That, that's what, you know, when, when somebody's uh, after 120 and, and nothing changes. There's no responsibilities, no surprises, there's no, there's no nothing. Everything just keeps on going. But that's not, that's not what you want. So, of course, every little stress that comes up, we always wish that it would just take care of itself. But that's part of it. You know, sometimes... You know, at home, I, I make this joke often about, wow, there's so much doing, what's going to be, it's so messy, I, we just cleaned up, and now look at it. And my response always is, well, in, in that in that home, you know, the home across the street, let's say, where somebody unfortunately doesn't have children, um, there's no mess over there. And I know the point is not to feel good about Yanam's tutors. The point is not that, oh, because there are people that are struggling more than us, so what we have is not so terrible. That's not the point at all. There are people that, that look at things like that way. You know, like, yeah, okay, so I hurt my finger, but there are people that have Yanam That's not the idea. The idea is that there are, there's the, the gazinta dagas, there's the good, the good troubles in life. Having toys spill out and having to clean for paisa because there's crumbs in every bedroom, that's part of the good things in life. It means there's people, it means there's, there's things happening, and, and of course it comes with a price. You, can't, you, you, you don't have mitzvah kinder, you have people, real ones. And the real ones bring crumbs into the bedroom. So that's just part of understanding. And, and knowing how to look at things, knowing how to look at things as, oh, this, this is not a real problem. I mean, it's maybe a little stressful, but it's, it's good. Paying a mortgage and paying rent and having who to pay it for, it's good. It's good. You know, there's, there's, what to, there's what to live for. So this is not only when it comes to children, which might sound like it. It's every relationship. Every relationship, by, by definition, means two people that are going to have to live with each other. Okay? The best relationship, the best case scenario, and there are good scenarios, I'm not a pessimist who says that uh, Shumbai is, is down and we're not doing well these days. There are a lot of people that are happily married. But even the best scenario, it's two people from two different backgrounds, with two different personalities, with two different upbringings, with two different mindsets, with two different something, IQs, and there's a certain amount of tolerance and flexibility you're going to have to have. As long as it's not out of bounds, as long as it's you know, within bounds, 
it's good. It's good, it's healthy. And there's something when, when you find a, a little struggle and you have to deal with it and you should deal with it. I don't want to trivialize what anyone ever tells me. I, I, I hate when it comes across that way. Like I'm saying, okay, what's the big deal? No, everything is an issue. If you're not happy about something, deal with it. And if you're not happy, don't be ashamed of it. But remember, it's something that some, sometimes you might feel like, you know, I wish all my children won't have bigger issues than this little thing that's bothering me right now. So that's just something to think about. I'll just end off with, with, with this little... Um, Vard that I heard B'shem B'shem Agresid uh, he said that the Babas is how he said it the Babas in the Heimflegen Zugen of Zachen Abinish Ostelish Ostelish means that something is like extraordinarily uh, problematic you know whenever somebody has a problem the, the Babas would say as long as it's not terrible as long as it's not out of bounds it's normal you, know, you should never trivialize when a child says he hurt himself you don't, you don't tell the child Abinish Ostelish but it's important to remember to remember this, this Vard in your head Abinish Ostelish as long as it's not terrible you know, there are definitely things that could be worse, there are definitely things that are not to be expected, and there are those that are... Anyway, so I'm going to be reading a question. Um, I hope nobody gets offended if, if it might sound like it, part of it is Abinish Ostelish, but the idea is just to, to get some clarity. Um, so it, it, it's a long question, and I'm actually combining two questions. I'm combining two questions this week, um, because they're, they're the same. And I do it sometimes because when I get a, a new question that's similar to one that I'm almost ready to address, instead of making the new questioner you know, wait a few months... Um, I'll just put it together. So th- here's the question. Hello, by Gruen, you could you could mention of this question whatever you want. Um, there's definitely the main part and the details. I'm actually translating from Yiddish to English because I saw later that the question does speak English, so it might sound a little broken. Okay. First of all, thank you for all the question and answers that you helped me and my wife appreciate it very much. My question is, is it okay to make a deal with a wife? Why not? Um, do we always have to understand each other or it's okay if we make a deal in other words you know, I give you and then you give me even though we don't really understand how it should be for example my wife is very sensitive there is something about her that I'm not happy with and I know it's very hard for her um, based on what I've heard from you it could be that it's not my I don't, I don't have the right to demand it but I, I could ask for it so anyway the question goes like this I'm just changing a few of the words, but trying to bring out his point over here. Um, Hashem didn't make her very pretty. Okay, I would want that she would be a little more understanding of the fact that she could um, do more to look good, especially now that she's already after a few pregnancies and a little out of shape. I would want that she would that she should go for exercise and and uh, try to help herself uh, look a little better. On the other hand, she would want that I should learn more, something that's very hard for me. Right? She wants I should learn and be able to be tested on the material that I'm learning and put in more hours. And it's, it's, it's very hard for me to put in this learning time and the concentration that I need. So I'm considering making a deal with her that if she will do what I want, I'll do what she wants. If she'll invest an hour a week or whatever it is in the exercise that I think she should be doing or that I would want her to do, then I'll invest an hour a week in my learning and doing things that should make her happy. My question is, is it normal and, and healthy for a husband and wife to make deals? Um, am I allowed to ask her to do this without a deal or should I just keep quiet and even though it really does make me nervous the fact that she you know her appearance maybe I should just not say anything at all and of course how can we do it in a way that she shouldn't feel um, hurt by it etc this really is something that bothers me especially because I know or I see that there are other women especially that are close to us that do look a lot better I do try not to look at other women 
and it's not an easy thing. And I know that having a wife that looks good that is not the answer for Shemir Sanayim, but then again, I still would want to come home and see something that's a little more appealing. Also, if you could possibly discuss how should a husband feel and think when his wife is not pretty. Not necessarily from a Shemir Sanayim standpoint, but from a practical standpoint, how should I deal with the jealousy and pain that comes along with it, etc. And sometimes it makes me feel upset on the way we do Shadichim and on Yiddishkeit, etc. Okay, very sensitive um, topic, but a topic that should not be avoided or dodged because there are people that are having these questions, obviously. I don't mean people like one or two. Okay, next question goes like this. Hi, Begrun, I appreciate any help you can provide. Mm. Okay, my wife has complained recently that at times she doesn't feel good about getting dressed up and putting on makeup. She feels that she's not being valued just the way she is, rather she's being treated like an object. She gets dressed up on Shabbos and when we go out and tries to look good even when we are just at home. Although it makes me happy and is important to me, there's a part of her that objects that she has to do this because if she doesn't do it, she's not doing her job and I will resent her for it. How would you recommend I bring this up and address it with my wife so that we can transform this from an area of conflict to something that builds our marriage? Okay, so very sensitive topics. Two men uh, have an issue with um, how their wife looks and the women seem to be having an issue with the fact that the men have an issue with it and it's causing a certain amount of resistance and the first one is asking about how to make deals about it and the second one wants to know how to communicate about it. Anyway, uh, so like I said, this is definitely a sensitive topic. It's sensitive because it's sensitive to people, especially to women, right? Their appearance and, and what other people think of them, what other people are demanding of them, uh, definitely sensitive. And definitely case by case. A lot of this will depend on the nature of the husband and the wife and other variables and circumstances. Um, and like I say often, a lot of it depends on what's actually the case, you know? Is, is it within bounds? You, you know, whatever. We'll talk, about that. we'll talk about that soon. Now, the idea of a woman being beautiful and looking good for a husband is not a secular idea. Okay, let's, let's, let's start like we always do with the Torah. Um, Chazal teach us, Chazal teach us that in the earlier uh, generations, we see it in Pashbarash, as Rashi brings, that, they were, that men had two wives. One that, they, one that they had children with and became pregnant, and the other one that they would make sure wasn't becoming pregnant. They, they, did, they made sure, uh, right, there would be mashka, koshal, ikrin, that they shouldn't be able to become pregnant so that not to um, distort her beauty. Okay? So that, the Imus of Oilam definitely had a way of dealing with things that, you know, I want my wife to be beautiful, and I'm going to use her just for that, and she shouldn't do anything else that might, that might change that. That's the Goyish idea. Right? We see by Erva Oilam, the Chazal teachers, that the, the Chet of Er was that he didn't want his wife to become pregnant for that reason. That, that's definitely a problem. Uh, definitely a problem. But the idea that a husband wants to have a wife that looks good, that, that's not the Goyish idea. That's not at all. There's, there's a Gemurah. The Gemurah said this, first of all. Um, says, Tuner um, Abchiyah. Ein ishu elu liyoyfi. Okay, then the Gemurah says, Ein ishu elu labunam. And then to the Rebchia, Ein ishu elu tachshite ishu. Right, and the Rebchia talks about a roitza shia adn es ishtoi, he wants the wife to look good. This is, this is a Gemurah. This is a Gemurah. And this is a Gemurah in Tandas, to the Rebunam, Yufiufi yashamayam ayanomirus, tni anaychem liyoyfi, shainu ish elu liyoyfi. Right, the good looking girls would say, Oh, you're looking for a shidduch, look for a beautiful shidduch. They were beautiful, and they want, why? Because Ein ishu elu liyoyfi. But then Yechus HaShabahen Ma'ahoyo Amris Tanei Naichem Meshpochem And the Mechiyur HaShabahen The ones that didn't look good at all Would say Kri Mekrechem L'Shem Shemayim But Yibavach Shetatren Yibazih Even make us look good In any case uh, There are a lot of nice Interpretations of the Gemurah And I, and I don't mean to just Get too literal Because then people say What do you mean? The Gemurah doesn't mean that The Gemurah does mean that Okay The push of the Gemurah is That there is definitely an idea Of an issue Eilu Liyofi Okay Um and, and like I said There's a lot of other ways To understand the Gemurah But let's not forget that there, there is something about 
about that, as a, as a matter of fact, the Gemara says that a person should not be Mekadosh Isho Ad Shiranu, Usr Le'udam Mekadosh Isho Shiranu, you're not allowed to do a Shidduch without seeing who you're being Mekadosh, why? Because you might see a different beginning, she might not, you might not like the way she looks, and you're going to be over Anvu Haftal Rech Kamoichu, because it's Ghana boy, you're going to be disgusted by the way she looks, and you'll be over Haftal Rech Kamoichu. And the Gemara only says that about a husband to a wife, as we discussed, and maybe I'll mention soon again. Okay, so you're allowed to be, you're allowed to rely on your parents, and you don't have to see the Meshadayichas before, but the point is, the Chazal definitely, the Torah, and Chazal definitely, um, you know, acknowledge the fact that a husband wants his wife to look good, and that and that and, and all that. Now, there are people, there are people that, um, I, I don't want to necessarily make it sound like they're uh, bigger Balamadraige or Molish Mishmayim, but there definitely are people that will um, relate more to the Pusik Sheikar Achaim Vehevelayofi, Ishiyiras Hashem Hitasalo, even though on that Pusik alone, again, more interpretations, right? Wherever you're going to look, you see interpretations both ways. But my point is that um, there are definitely people that will relate to the idea of that's, that's important in life. Who needs that? That's what you're looking at. There's so much more importance. There's the inner beauty, and there's the Midistoivis, and there's the Yerushamayim, and all that. And, and there's the Yichis, like we see in, in other things. You know, it's not a question not a question but because there are still people out there watching Torah anytime who still understand the taste of ice cream and they still like when when things in this world are pleasant and pleasurable so we're not going to make believe that we don't understand the Gemurah okay um, there's the idea of and whoever is understanding that and living like that and, and, and relates to it that, that's wonderful and commendable and the all and, and many people just as Erlach and just as um Pious and intelligent, that definitely um, relate to the idea of an issue el Yoifi and the idea of shamatazgana ulav. Okay, not a question. Um, let me just mention over here, right? The Gemurah itself is balancing it out. The Gemurah says an issue el Yoifi and the Gemurah says an issue el Lebuna. Okay, and one of the reasons it's actually a Maram Shif and who discusses that uh, the reason why the Gemurah is saying that is because you, for this reason that you shouldn't think that an issue el Yoifi and if that's the case, I don't want my wife to have children because that might take away from her beauty. No. That not. An issue el In other words, it shouldn't contradict. It's an issue but also an issue el That's first of all. Um, and also, the Gemur is also teaching us that there's more reasons to have an issue, not just bunam. The reason why the Irish wants us to get married is not so that we have a nice wife to look at. It's to build doiris namunam, lashan al So even though the idea of an issue el is there, but you have to remember that the idea is really that an issue el and it should not be a contradiction at all. Um... Another important idea, before we go on, is that um, the idea of an Ishael Yoifi is definitely, as it's, the saying goes, and it's a Goyish saying, but I'll show you, it's not, you know, it ha- everything has a Makar and Torah, if it's true. Okay? Not everything. Everything that's true has a Makar and Torah. Um, there's an important idea that beauty is in the, in the eyes of the beholder. Okay? Beauty is, is, is a, a, relative, a relative term. If something's beautiful, if something's cold or hot, you know, that, that has to do with a temperature. You could, you could, um, you know, you could uh, measure that. But if something's beautiful or appealing or disgusting, or, you know, is in the eyes of the beholder. There are people that will think one thing is beautiful and tell people that someone else is. And you see it by children, right? So one person will think his kid is so cute, the baby's so cute, and show the picture and someone else will say, whoa, interesting features. Okay, that, that's in the, in the eyes of the beholder. And there's, a, there's an interesting, um, it's a, it's a medrash, Shashirim. Kikoilach Uraiv Imarach Nova. Right? In Shashirim, when describing the, you know, the Ishir Hashem, however you want to understand the Mushal of Shashirim, right, we use the idea of Koilach Uraiv, a sweet voice, Imarach Nova, and a nice um, appearance. So the, the, the Gemurah says, Umar of Chizde, Koil Over Beisha, Raisa Mim. Koil Over Beisha, if a, a woman has a, a thick voice, 
right? More like a male voice, a man's voice. It's a min. How do we know that? Because it says ki right? It should be a sweet voice. And if you're describing a woman as having a sweet voice, that, that seems to be how it should be. And if it's not that way, then it must be a mim. And if somebody says, if somebody marries a woman and says it's on the condition that she doesn't have any, any mim, any, any um, problem, and she has this mim of not having a nice voice, then it's not a, it's not a condition. It's a mekach to us, right? And a condition. And condition, condition. Why? Because we see that Chazal specifically say, we learn from the Pusik, that there's a way that a woman should be. So the question is, well, if that's the case, and the Torah's Mima uh, mentions this, interestingly, if that's the case, that you're learning from this Pusik how it should be, and if, and if anything is not the way the Pusik mentions, then all of a sudden it's not a condition, so why doesn't the Gemara say anything about Marech Nova? Right? Somebody says, I'm a Kaddish Isha, I'm not that she doesn't have a Mim, right? she doesn't have a Mim, and then you find out, for example, let's say you didn't look or you didn't notice, and then you find out she she's not good looking. Right? Is that, is that a Mim or not? Well, based on this Drash in the Gemara, it should also be a Mim. And the answer is it's not a Mim. Why? Because Beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. And what you find beautiful, someone else might find um, disgusting. And the other way around. What you find appealing is somebody unappealing. But, so automatically, you can't say that I made it tonight and, and tonight wasn't fulfilled. Who said it wasn't fulfilled? Because you don't find it to be beautiful? That, that doesn't mean that it wasn't, that it wasn't fulfilled. And that's why um, we assume that either um, silver of the cable or that you know, we assume that it could be moitzachayim and it's not necessarily something that's considered mechieres, something disgusting that's going to be battled the condition. Now why am I going to this whole, into this whole shuttle over here um, my, my point is not that you know tough on you, and some people will find it beautiful, right? The point is that it seems that Chazal are teaching us something about Marech Nova. It means that beauty is, is in the eyes of the beholder. It doesn't mean that because you could decide if you have now, so automatically the Aluch you know can't dictate that anymore. The point is that Chazal are teaching you that even if it's not so appealing to you, maybe maybe you could find the beauty in it. Maybe we're not going to we're not going to the condition for that. It's not that's not enough to say it's a mim. Who said it's a mim? And there are ways to appreciate someone, even if they're not so appealing to you. And maybe you could start looking for inner beauty, or even looking to appreciate someone enough that you're less disgusted by how they look. So that's just something to think about, right? Because I'll definitely leaving that up to us to decide. Now, there definitely is a certain standard. And I'm not talking about la'alucha now. There's definitely something unappealing about looking at someone who's disheveled, or, or you know, doesn't smell good, or whatever. You know, there's definitely something that I think most people understand. So my point is not that whoever... Um, you know, has an issue that, oh, you, you don't think I look good? Well, it's your problem. You know, there's definitely a certain standard that I think people should be living up to. Sometimes it's important to realize that, you know, there is a certain balance of what beauty is and what is it, what dictates an ish el And what does it mean that, you know, is there something that, a certain um, bracket you want someone to fit into to be considered ish uh, that has to be machivadata shaludam? Maybe not. So anyway, that, that a lot of this is, um, the reason why I'm giving this whole introduction over here is because I'm trying to, I'm trying to explain. The idea of wanting a beautiful wife is not a goyish idea. The fact that there are people that are okay with not having something that's specifically very good looking or put that's, that's wonderful and beautiful and nobody should feel that, oh, maybe I'm doing something wrong by, by tolerating or being okay with my, how my wife looks. No, on the contrary. I think it's wonderful. And if somebody does have an issue with how their wife looks, they shouldn't feel bad about it because it's normal. And then remember again that even if your wife doesn't look so great, there's still ways to have it be noisachain in your eyes and, and, that's, and that's also something that, that definitely should be taken um, into account. There is, so anyway, but now a, a wife, a wife who's, who's listening to this, um, you know, b- before, I, before, I, before I get into my advice for such a husband, oh, any, any woman who's listening to this and, and hearing about the idea that a woman is supposed to be appealing to her husband, right? 
let me just let me just mention that there is an added dimension which one of the questioners said something about that in today's day and age with all the nesioyness and all that's going on out there and everything your husband is seeing out there there's definitely an added dimension of making sure that his wife is as appealing the Gemara talks about it right that woman would dress up nicely um, to make sure that uh, the husbands aren't attracted to something else I mentioned it once in the charity. There's definitely an idea of being appealing so that someone doesn't look at something else. Now, is it your responsibility that your husband doesn't look at something else? Maybe not. Does it mean that if you're not so good looking that he's allowed to look at something else? Definitely not. But there's definitely something about not just that your husband deserves a good looking wife, but there's something about understanding that, that it's important. It's an important thing. And, and especially if it's bothering you, or especially if you mention something about it, you know, I, I think you should take it into consideration. And here's the catch. The catch is that the, the, a wife's good looking a wife's uh, being good-looking for a husband is not something that the husband should be demanding. And I want to explain that. Right? When we talk about, for example, we talk, about, we talk to parents or mechanchim about um, giving unconditional um, acceptance and love to a child and making them feel special. That's not something that a child should ever have to demand. By the time the child demands it, there's something wrong with it already. You know? But by the time a child is telling you, I think you, know, you, need, you need to go for parenting classes. Or the way somebody recently told me something, that uh, they said something to a child, and the child says, uh, and there, were, there was some punishment that had to be implemented and they took away some, some game or whatever it was from a kid because he didn't do the right thing. And the kid said, you think that's going to get me to, do, to learn better? Yeah? You should, you should hear what, they, what the Mahan Khamef has to say about this when you start punishing it if you think it's really going to help. Now, the kid was right. Uh, very often the kids are right when they say these things. But that's not going to help anymore because by the time it's a challenge now and the child is demanding that you accept him or treat him differently, you know, it's a cash point. What do you do now? It's checkmate. You're going to give in to him, and he's now your mechanic. It's not going to help you much. Um, you don't give in to him, but you should, right? You, you shouldn't be fighting him. So what do you do? The point is that you shouldn't wait for someone to demand that of you. And very similarly, I think it's like this. You know, by the time a husband is telling wife, I don't like the way you look. Please do this for me. Please do that for me. I understand there's a lot of resistance by them. You know, you tell me what to do. You don't accept me. Why don't you accept me? You should accept me. You know, so, so for all the women listening to this, think about it. If a woman should be good looking for a husband, then then it's it's the I don't I don't want for sure called responsibility. Maybe it is, but it's something that the woman wants to do for her husband instead of having the husband try to get from her. And by that time, nobody's feeling good anymore. He's not feeling good that he had to demand it. She's not feeling good that it's being demanded of her. Um, she's doing it with a certain amount of resistance. He doesn't like that it's being done, you know, with that attitude. And then where do you go from there? Did anyone become happy? So that's just something to think about. There are things that are. That, that don't have to be asked for and shouldn't be asked for because by the time they're asked for it definitely uh, doesn't do the job now if a woman knows that her husband appreciates something and she does it for him then she's doing the right thing he doesn't have to ask for it I'm mentioning it because also recently somebody was saying something about his wife was dressing in a certain uh, outfit or whatever it was a certain dress that he, he didn't like or whatever specifically didn't like and when he asked her why are you wearing that, you know, I, I mentioned to you once that I don't like the way it looks, and it wasn't a controlling tone. And I'm not saying I'm not I'm not saying that this is the way it should be, or you should tell your wife you don't look like, you don't like what she's wearing. I'm just giving an example. Her answer was, yeah, but my mother said it looks good. So there you go. You know, if your mother said it looks good and your husband doesn't like it, and you're putting it on anyway, I don't know. Think think about it. Think about who you want to impress more, and especially when it comes to going out. And this is also an idea people talk about, even though I know it's not so practical to tell a woman you should look better at home than, than outside. Why? When you go outside, you get dressed up and put on makeup, and at home, you don't. I know there's a certain standard how you look when you go outside, a certain standard how you look when you're at home. But there's something to think about that the, the person you want to impress and the person you want to look good for is the person who married you and the person who wants to have an issue edu leyofi. So that's um, all up there. Now, by the time we're in a situation where there are hurt feelings and there's a husband who's unhappy already, and, you know, he wants his wife to either 
lose weight or to look better or to whatever it may be, dress better, etc. So let, let, let me give you a few ideas that might be helpful. Okay? I hope that what I said until here was also a little helpful for some people. Um, the, first thing I, the, first thing, the first thing I want to say to these questioners is make sure that your expectations are realistic and reasonable. Realistic and reasonable. And the reason why it's so important to say that is because both because I'm protecting myself as a disclaimer, I, I don't know what your wife is wearing or not wearing. I don't know how bad she looks or, does, or doesn't look. You know, for all I know, she might say, oh, my husband said I don't look good. What do you mean? Everyone's jealous of the way I look. Or um, you think I'm overweight? I'm, for example, I, I don't know. So I, I, I don't know. But besides my disclaimer, saying that I don't know, make sure it's reasonable, make sure it's realistic also. And realistic and reasonable includes, first of all, make sure that what you're asking for or expecting is sneezdick, not something that makes your wife feel very uncomfortable, and not something that's too hard for her to do. Right? So many people that are struggling with overeating and dieting, I mean, it's a big struggle. It's a very big struggle. And it's not that your wife is not doing it for you, and she can't control herself, and she's struggling, she wants to be thin. So... Sometimes people, people take issue with something that, that nobody means anything, and it's, I don't want to say it's not realistic, because I know people could lose weight, but for some people it's very, very hard, let's put it that way. So just, just make sure that you're not adding salt to wounds um, that are there, where somebody um, is hurt enough by the fact that they don't look so good, and now it's just being emphasized day in and day out, um, and really they can't do much about it, for example. So that, that's just something to think about. Uh, and I know that sometimes people may make this mistake, of emphasizing somebody's not good looks when there really isn't that much a person can do about it. So that's just something to think about. Um, you might, let me just mention, you might need a, a third party to help you understand what, what normal is. And I, I think that's, that's important to, to say because sometimes a wife will say, well, I can't, you could, I know you could, you could, for that one, for this one. Sometimes you want to ask someone, you know, am I being reasonable or not? Am I being too subjective? Do I understand my situation good enough? Okay, number two, I think it's important for anyone who's finding themselves in such situations to understand the general feeling of the relationship. I mean, if there's, uh, is your wife feeling um, loved and accepted, or is she feeling not so loved and rejected? Okay, a lot, of, a lot of how much she wants to do to please you and find favor in your eyes has to do with the general feeling. So sometimes people will say, well, when you look good, I'll feel better about you. Or when you look good, I'll accept you more. I know, but if you want someone to, and I'm not saying that, that, that your wife should wait, but, I'm not, but it's easier for someone to please you and to try to, appeal to you if they feel loved and accepted by you. So that's, that's definitely a, so, so often people will have this resistance and you don't realize what it's coming from and really it's coming from the general attitude in the relationship it's not about the looks. So am I justifying um, a wife resisting uh, looking good for her husband? No, but there's something to think about that it doesn't start over here. Okay? There's definitely a lot of good feeling and a lot of good attitude that you can give your wife before, before not because before in time, but before she'll feel very good about, about um, you know, doing things like this for you. Uh, especially um, feeling that she's not looking so good and things that are very uh, sensitive issues. Now, uh, a third issue that definitely has to be thought about, I'm just, I'm just throwing them out there because they have to be applied correctly to each situation. third issue is the issue of communication, right? You want to make sure that when you discuss a topic with your wife who is sensitive, any topic, but especially a topic that, that is a sensitive topic, you, you, don't, you don't come across as controlling or demanding, you come across as encouraging and appreciative. And this is always where people make the mistake of, of knowing what to emphasize. You know, if somebody dressed um, pretty well but not very well and you know you're not happy you see but why can't you do it this way without appreciating what the person did do that doesn't help you if you start appreciating more it's more encouraging or when you ask nicely for something and you mention clearly you don't have to although you know I would appreciate it but you look great either way somebody feels less controlled and put down and more encouraged and appreciated it just makes it easier so think about it your, your communication about something this sensitive um, definitely should be more emphasizing and focusing on the good and how much it will mean to you and how, and how pretty someone already does look and all that. So, you know, it's just something to think about. And um, 
and, and don't forget, and this is something I mentioned before, but don't forget, okay, I'm, I'm putting this into the equation that I want a husband to take into consideration. Don't forget that an ugly smile is, is um, better than a very pretty, nasty attitude. Okay? So sometimes you, you know, sometimes people get overtaken by how someone looks, and, and it's disturbing. It is disturbing. Uh, somebody doesn't look good, but at the same time, is that really all you need? Will that really make you happy? Again, I started off saying that I know it's an important issue, and I think it is to many people, and it's okay. But remember that there is definitely more to it, and getting too stuck on one thing without realizing that there's so many other things in this relationship that can make you happy. Definitely something to think about. Definitely something to think about the ein issue of the labunim and whatever else that you could really build your home on healthy foundations of. So that's that. Let me go over to the idea. I hope that with these few pointers that I pointed out, it gives a certain amount of clarity uh, where to start off with uh, in communicating and, and getting more of what you want when it comes to, to your wife being good-looking. Uh, in regard to deal-making, right, which was really the first question, was more about the deal-making part than, than the good looks. Um, deal-making with a, with, a, with a spouse, in general, is not the way to live a relationship. That's the first thing. First thing is that deal-making in general is, is, not a, is not a healthy way to do things. A relationship is not tit-for-tat. It's a two-way street of giving and getting, right? But, it, but it's not tit-for-tat. It's not, I give you this if you give me that. And now I give this, so you have to give me... So because I cook the supper, you have to watch the kids. And because I watch the kids, now you have to let me sleep. And because I let you sleep, and that, that, that's not a relationship. And if you're in such a relationship, you know, it might be a good idea to come discuss with someone uh, to know how to, how to get out of that. A relationship is definitely a two-sided relationship, which is something I discussed in the Yiddish, in the Yiddish year today. Uh, it's definitely a two-sided relationship. If you're only giving and not getting, it's a problem. But the giving and getting doesn't have to be one for one. That's not good. That's not good. That's good in business. You know, I buy, you sell. And even in business, some relationships are more than that. Okay? So in general, deal-making, if I give you, you give me, in, in the general sense of a relationship, it, it's not a way to do things. Now, there are certain extras in which, for example, you want me uh, to learn an extra hour, which was the example he gave, which is not necessarily something a husband is obligated to do for his wife. Let's say he's learning already an hour or whatever it is, she wants more. So that, that's where there is such an idea sometimes of, you know what, um, I'll, I'll overexert myself more than normal, more than I'm ready to, more than I want to, if you'll do the same. So it's not, any, it's not the same. It's not the same as, as a, a relationship that's built on deals. I just wanted to mention that. There's, there's deals that are unhealthy because it's not the way relationships are supposed to be. And then there are deals that, you know what, um, I'll, go, um, I'll, I'll go on a vacation that you like, even though I don't like that, and you'll come with me on my vacation. And that's a very different idea. We will both be doing something we don't want, and we don't have to, and we'll do it for each other. So it's, it's, not, it's definitely not, not as terrible. But there's something to keep in mind. If you want to make such a deal, if you're ever making such a deal, make sure it's something you're both okay with. And I'll say what I mean. Very often the one offering a deal is the one that really is invested in having something happen. In other words, um, it's not easy for me. I'll learn an hour, but you, you have to look good. Because I'm offering a deal, it already goes to show sometimes that I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. In other words, it's not easy for me. But I'll learn the hour. You just, you just do what I want. The person getting the deal, right? the person that's being offered to, very often is less okay with it. They just might do it because you're manipulating them by, by offering them something that they really want. So you have to think about it. Very often you'll see that when somebody's offering a deal, even though it's true that he's going to be doing something difficult, but it's, it's not a two-way street. In other words, if two people are sitting down together, and they're both discussing um, what to do the next vacation, and they both agree on the fact that two vacations ago only you enjoyed, one vacation ago I enjoyed, and we're good friends, not friends, we're good, we, we, we appreciate each other, we both want each other to be happy, we don't have a third option, let's make, but I'm just giving you an example, and we're both okay with splitting it up half and half. That's called a deal, and both people are happy with it, and we did it together. Very often when you're giving a, when one person is throwing a deal, even though you're offering something, it sounds like a deal, but it's not even. Because the very fact that you're offering it and you're more invested in making it happen, you know, it just it just gives a certain um, 
you know, it just gives a certain uh, feeling of something's just a little off. And I, even in just this example alone, interestingly, in preparation for this year, I asked two people about this kind of deal, what they would say about it. Okay? Uh, and it was interesting, I got the opposite answers. One person tells me, it's not a fair deal. Why? You're going to learn so that I lose weight, for example. I'd go for, you're learning for Hashem, not for me. You want me to lose weight for you. So that's not fear. The other person told me just the opposite. That's not a fear deal. Says yeah, you, a, a, a wife is expected to look good for her husband, so she has to do it. He has to learn. That's, for, that's between him and Hashem. It's funny. Everyone sees the thing differently. You know, when you make a deal, you have to realize there are different ways to look at every deal. Your wife might feel resentful that you know you're going to be learning for Hashem and have to do this for you, and the husband might be resentful if you're the one throwing it at him. Let's say your wife says, "You know what? I'll go for exercise, but you have to sit and learn." Husband might feel, "Excuse me, why are you mixing to my learning? You should look good because you you want to look good for for a husband." My point is only that very often a person offering the deal will be seeing something that looks a little more even to him, right? And to someone else it might, might not look that way. And even when a deal goes over well, even when somebody says, you know what, I'll do it for you. Okay, I agree. I don't have a choice. This is the only way I can get you to learn. Well, the only way I can get you to lose weight. You know, sometimes there's that, that, that after, that nuchtam, that, that, that feeling of being manipulated and not, and not feeling good about it, especially when it falls through later and she can't go to the, to, you know, to, she, she's not successful in losing weight or he's not successful in losing And because of that now there's a consequence and he can't, whatever. In general, it's not a way to do things. There are deals, like I said, that are done mutually with happiness and good feeling and everyone feels happy and good that they could help each other and that we're both giving and getting and we're both coming out winners. And then there are those deals that, is not, uh, you know, that don't go over well. And, and let, me, let me mention this. The first questioner said it, the second one didn't. But I'm afraid that you know, it's the true in both. Very often, it's not the issue of the good looks. It's not the issue of why do I have to or it's not good enough. It's the sensitivity under it all. You know, for those of you who read my book and those of you who heard my, my classes know that a lot of this has to do with sensitivity and fragility. And, and this is just where it's coming up. In this negotiation over how a wife should dress or look or whatever, it's really sensitivity. It's, it's more about, like I said before, the general feeling. How are you saying it? Are you saying it in a way that's sensitive enough? Are you doing enough for somebody who's very sensitive to feel good about themselves and feel good about what they're going to do for you? So, so don't be so invested sometimes in, in, in the example that we're dealing with. And look at the bigger picture. What's, what's really happening in this relationship? And is there a better mode of communication in general about everything, not just about this? And very often that could give you some insight in, in how to make things happen. Um, I don't want to end off without saying I often try to come up with how this question is really relevant both ways, not just the husband to the wife and the wife to the husband, in this case as well. And I mentioned in the past, there are definitely women that have an issue with how their husband looks. Okay? Now it's not the same. It's not the same because an issue and having an unappealing woman to some, in, in, in place of having a, a good-looking woman is, is something that's more disturbing than having a not-good-looking woman. But, but there's definitely such a thing. There are definitely women that are embarrassed by the husband looks, by the way the husband looks, or the way he dresses, or the way he presents himself, or the way he, he carries himself. And, and it's understandable. Again, you might, you might say something in a way that, that is hurtful and, and might be a way to get him to take you more seriously. And then there's yeah, everything we mentioned before. Then there's what's normal, not normal. Right? Maybe you don't like the way he looks. Maybe, maybe what he's doing is normal. Yeah, but I can't stand the way, the way his, his pious, his beard, his hat. Well, maybe it's normal, so you don't like it. Okay, let's not get controlling over here. So a lot of what I said is relevant to a, a woman who has an issue with how her husband looks as well. Now, I hope nobody's going to be offended if I end off um, reminding everyone what I started off with. Okay, there's the idea of a being nisht ostalish. And again, I don't mean to trivialize how disturbing it could be to someone when somebody doesn't look good. But remember that in the big picture, there's more to a relationship and there's more to life and there's more to your fulfillment and accomplishment in life and building a home and having, and having children and everything else. There's more to it than good looks. So if for whatever reason you're stuck on this or for whatever reason this is your issue in life, for whatever reason you can't, you, 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 you got married and you're upset about whoever picked this shit for you and 
Let me just throw that in. Yes, when you're looking for a shidduch for your child, make sure at least that he's not um, disgusted by how someone else looks. Okay? And sometimes you want to take, you want to take, and I mentioned this in the past, in the shir, about the shayosh, shashiv, and others that, that told people that yes, definitely, if a, a bocher, even if he's a shiva bocher, and he's a chassidish bocher, and you would expect more from him, but it's bothering you how someone looks, take it seriously. Not a question. Okay? But if this is your issue in life, and there's so much more to work with, so much more to feel good about, and so much more to put in, and so much more to invest in, and so much more to take out, you know, then remember that it might not be, and, and, and if it is, then, you know, this should be your biggest problem. You should live together, you should appreciate each other, and, and, and live together for a, a higher purpose, and, and getting to all the goals in life, and all the achievements that life is really about.